Welcome to Chase the Vase podcast, where we share stories about those who have fought to overcome addiction. Join us every Tuesday and Thursday for the latest stories, tools, and tricks to sobriety. Now, here's your host, Brock Bevel. Welcome to Chase the Vase podcast. I'm here with two beautiful people. I'm honored to have the freedom fighter skate for Jake, Jason, or Jake's mom and dad, right? Is that the best way to intro you? Jason and Kara. Ellingson, number one, thank you for being here. I know that the conversation that we're going to cover today is difficult for most people. They don't even want to talk about it. And so for you guys to be willing, I, I know that I said before, we talk about taking our messes in our lives and turning them into messages. You know, I was addicted to opioids for 11 years. We have the same kind of upbringing, so we kind of understand where we're supposed to be, but uh, we don't always go on that path. So I see these shirts that you guys are rocking, these Freedom Fighters Skate for Jake. Would you mind? Let's just intro that. Let's talk about it. Get it out there. Right after Jake passed, my brother and sister got together and, and just saw the amount of kids that were showing up and just trying to think, you know, what can we do? And they immediately made up some t-shirts with a logo on the front, not this one that I have on, but another one with his silhouette on the back and just got a big old box of them for everyone that came over. There was just hundreds of kids. And of course we have a lot of family members and he had a lot of cousins. He's got quite the fan club. So we started out with those shirts and then his, a friend of his also made some bracelets that I have on that say skate for Jake as well. And they have them also at freedom board shop now. And they're just giving them out for free because kids have come in there for skateboards. So this is probably the third set of shirts that that we've gotten. They have these at Freedom, but we've also, my daughters have um, sold them here at our house. Amazing. So let's back up. And if you don't mind, Jason, would you mind, let's set the stage. Let's talk about your son. Let's talk about Jake. He was what, 18, 19 year old? He just turned 16. Oh, 16. Okay. I was even, and I know what's crazy is I heard this story from my nephews who also attend the same high school that he went to. I was saddened by it. I've had friends that have passed away from addiction. When you're in this field long enough, you understand that there are so many people. I honestly don't think I'm, I'm exaggerating when I say that we have all been affected in one way or another by addiction. And so Talk to me about, uh, if you wouldn't mind, share with us this, his story. Jake always made friends easily, you know, on the outside, you know, like what you said, you know, we all have addictions. It's just a matter of, you know, how they kind of form. I mean, you know, some people are addicted to drugs and other people are addicted to alcohol and some people are addicted to, you know, not being able to control their thoughts. And, you know, so everybody has something. Jake, on the surface, I mean, he... I'm sure his friends thought he had it all. I mean, he was just a guy that kind of got along with everybody. You know, when he went to Highland, his sister was a senior. And so most of his friends were seniors. And here's this little, you know, freshman kid that's just like, you know, what are you doing hanging out with with seniors, you know? But he just knew how to hang out with people. And he definitely acted, you know, I guess, cool enough, per se, to hang out with people. And then they saw how he could skateboard. And they're like, whoa, this kid's cool. You know, and he's not only cool, he's not like a typical ninth grader. But he was a tremendous athlete. He picked up things so easily, you know, growing up, you know, played all-star, you know, baseball and, you know, never really even took lessons. And he then he, he kind of got into skateboarding. And uh, that was kind of his thing. When we decided, well, let's, if he's going to do this, you know, let's let's build a bowl in our backyard. So we built a full bowl 
in our house that we had before this. And we decided to move six months later. So we had it uh, made here. And it was a great investment because, you know, it was, it was a place for kids to come. We always wanted kids to come to our house. And so Jake's friends kind of all became part of our family. But, you know, Jake had his, had his struggles. Life wasn't easy for Jake. And uh, school was, was hard. He probably had some things that we weren't even aware of. For instance, you know, like scoliosis. We didn't realize that he was suffering from scoliosis until maybe he was in ninth grade or so. Yeah. Tenth grade. And so sleeping was hard. Just life. Life was hard. It was just, you know, it was hard for him to cope, you know, and his coping mechanism was, you know, he would turn to, to do some vaping and using like uh, THC and, and we'd have conversations about that. And, you know, was just that that was a coping mechanism it really was it wasn't who jake is and i think that's an important point to make here is is that when people struggle with these things that's not who they are they're really using those mechanisms like it's like a self-soothing like you know coping mechanism it's it's not who they really are and i really want people to know that for sure let me step in if you don't mind real quick i i love i'm, I'm so glad that you talked about you know in our society we're hearing so much about medicinal marijuana we talk about our kids vaping we talk about our kids going from vaping to medical marijuana in the vape pens. And I get all that. But what I'm hearing is, is Jake had some underlying medical conditions that he was struggling with on top of the scoliosis. But also, if you want to know how cool this kid is, I, I went on to Instagram and started playing all his videos. And this kid was, man, he was talented. But what comes with skating is also some injuries and falling and, and to do it repetitively over and over. And so, and I'm not minimizing like you guys saying it's okay, but it seemed like he was finding something that was working for him. And so as parents, how did you, how did that conversation begin and where did it go? That's, I mean, I'll let Kara jump in too, but it was a, it was a real struggle for me at first. Cause I don't feel like I truly understood like what he was really dealing with. Like, I mean, I definitely have dealt with some anxiety and even some depression in my life, but how they manifest and how I dealt with them are just much different. And, and that's the thing is like we all internalize things that might be similar, but how they look in terms of outwardly can be completely different. And so we really have to be careful of not being judgmental. And at first, I think I was it was really hard for me to take. And I'm just like, why are you doing this? You know, I need to understand like, you know, and he would try to hide it from me. And then it, and then it got the. It got to a point where it's like, okay, we need to be able to have a conversation and at least make him feel comfortable enough that he can open up. And because if not, then he's going to talk to other people and he may not get as good of advice as maybe he would from his parents. And Carol was much better at that than me. And I, I kind of learned from her along the way. And so I'm, I'd like her to kind of share. She talked to Jake quite a bit and, you know, we would do the drug testing and stuff like that to see where he's at. But that was only because we really wanted to get a better idea of, hey, if you're struggling with these things, let's find the right stuff that you can use. But we're also kind of careful about the prescription, too, because like then kids sometimes think that, well, that's just me. It's OK if I take these for the rest of my life. And, and that's not going to work either. That's not a solution. So but I'll, I'll let Kara chime in a little bit on this, too. Just conversations you've had with Jake and like how, you know, you felt like it was. Well, I, I would say so, Jake. I don't even know, like as a mom, I, I don't know that I would say he had an addictive personality. He had a very curious personality where, and he's the type of kid that didn't think anything would ever happen. And so you warn your kids as parents why they shouldn't do certain things. And he was one that had to figure it out for himself. He didn't have fear. He wasn't afraid. And that's what, that can be a gift and a curse at the same time. So he wasn't afraid to try things. So he wasn't afraid to try the vaping because the kids was other kids were doing it and it's like hey you'll feel better try this and it worked for a short period of time 
I don't think that I would say he was addicted to it because he would do it and then we would talk about it and he's like, I want to do better. And he would quit for periods of time and then you just get sucked back into it. And then again, with, with pills, it was like, it's just a pill. You know, and ultimately that's what happened. It's like someone said, you can try this pill that he thought was Percocet. But help you sleep. Was his goal to get out of pain or was his goal to decompress? Yeah, I think it was both to get out of pain, and then also he didn't sleep that well because when he when he would go to sleep, his back, his back always would ache. Yeah, and it was just like, I'll try it. Yeah, of course, you know that was the pill that was laced with fentanyl, you know, and and a couple of things like I, that I'd want kids to know, and especially if I was their age, is you really have to find a good source that you can go to, and hopefully, you know, that's one of your parents. If not, I mean, because the thing is, is like all of us throughout our life are probably going to be at a point where we need something to help us remedy a situation that may not be the solution to help us get through. And so like, I don't think I really understood like from the standpoint of with Jake, if I could go back, one of the things, a couple of the things I would change would be is just try to look at it from a different perspective. And I didn't really gain that perspective until towards the later part of his life. I was more focused on, well, how could my kid be doing this when it was the real questions to be is, well, let's find out what is it that makes him tick that he feels like he needs this? And what is it that, that we can do to help him understand that, like, you know, this may not be a long term thing that will help you, but be open to talking about it versus like having this constant battle against it. You know, because you don't get anywhere when you're, you know, you're in battle. If you're in battle, someone's going to get hurt. If you're in a relationship and your first, your first intuition is love, then that person's going to feel that and they're going to feel prompted to do something that's probably going to change their life not because you're forcing them to do it. And so I just, that to me, that's the biggest thing is like with these kids, they have so much to say and they need so many people to listen to them. They don't, time to like, and that was a big thing for me. The time to instruct and give counsel isn't when your kids are coming to you and they're in pain. That's not the time. They want somebody to listen to them and they want somebody to be understanding and just love them. And that's a huge thing, I think. I mean, with Jake, when he knew like that, especially with me, because Kara's so much more, you know, she just has this ability to come into a situation and just love. And my what's more natural for me with my upbringing is, is looking at a situation and just like, well, how could you be doing this? You know, looking at it from my just my own perspective, you know, instead of like, OK, well, let's find out what really the root cause is. That makes sense. Man, that's a super difficult thing as a parent because we want our kids to stop this behavior. You know, because we don't understand it. So we're thinking, okay, we know it hurts people. We know the end results, the effects. But I love what you said, man. I, I think that's super important for parents to hear is when they're in pain is not the time to get into battle. And I'm not talking just physical pain. I'm talking emotional pain. I'm talking depression. So how did you make that shift from being kind of, I wouldn't say maybe old school parent, like how our parents were to us. How did you make that shift into that transition to where you're just like, okay, I'm going to love this kid through it. You know, really the example of my wife and seeing how that resonated with Jake and how he felt more comfortable with her than he did with me. Ultimately, Jake taught us that lesson. And through him, we've been able to use that way, those ways with his friends, that his yes. friends and his cousins, family members that have come to us through this, you know, maybe thinking that because we've been through this with Jake, that we have it all figured out, which we don't, but we feel Jake working through us, through, you know, whoever he can to help these kids. And they are sent to our house and, and they just need to be loved and understood and they make changes and it makes it worth it. Yeah. So Jason, you said ultimately 
he turned to opioids and the pill that he took was laced with fentanyl. How did you guys find that out? Yeah, but we knew before that, like, uh, he had a friend of his that came to my son and said, hey, you know, Jake was saying that he, he may want to try Percocet. He really dove into m much of that. I really think his thing was more the vaping thing. But, you know, with him, the conversations I had with him is you don't really know what you're getting in those pens. You know, and so if we need to go see a doctor and you need to get something prescribed that's going to help you, well, at least we know that it's what we're getting, you know. And, and so we started to get to a point where it's like, well, maybe we need to just go find somebody that can give you what you need to help you cope. You know, that, you know, Jake would come home and he would say, hey, dad, kids are taking Adderall or they're taking this or taking that, you know, and I need to be on that, you know, and, and we probably could have found a doctor that would have said, hey, yeah, let's, let's get him on this. But it's just such a fine line because kids are at such a vulnerable age when they're 16, 17, 18, because it's just like, well, hey, if the doctor justifies it, then I could take this. Because they think that, you know, we're all, when we're, when we're that age, we think that we're indestructible and nothing's ever going to happen to us. So was there a progression with that? Because I know we started with the vape pen. I know Kara mentioned that there was some Adderall use at one point in time. So there was a little progression. That was the Adderall. It was um, Xanax. Xanax. Yes, someone had given him a Xanax to try. Oh, that's right. And he took the whole thing, which he shouldn't have. Took a so whole bar, which, you know, you we break them up four into four. Serving. So he took four servings. And that was a really scary thing for him. He didn't like that. Yeah, he had some panic attacks. And it was a scary thing, you know. And I think that, you know, Jake just thought that, hey, there might be something out there that I, I wouldn't be afraid to try if, in fact, it would help me to sleep so that I could, you know, because those things that he thought were helping him relax to help him sleep, like vaping to relax or to take the THC, uh, that was really mostly his thing. Quick fixes. Quick fixes. In the end, they, they end up kind of really doing the opposite. He really didn't only sedate you. It doesn't really allow you to sleep deep, you know. And um, anyway, it just it kind of worked against him. And I think he started feeling that. And we were able, Kara and I were able to kind of show him, hey, these things are really causing more problems than they are solutions. For one, you know, you've got this, you know, nagging, like, kind of deep cough and you know you can get like what they call like popcorn lung you know or you get mold in your lungs and it's really hard to get that out once it's in there because there's always moisture in your lungs you know but in the end I, like you know people were like well why didn't you try to find out like who gave them the pill and i'm like well what good would that do me you know i mean that's just going down a rabbit hole and we know where rabbit holes lead they lead you nowhere and they lead you to dark places and in the end the person that gave it to him probably didn't even know what they were giving him. That's something that they're going to have to live with if they even know what they did, you know. But in the end, I mean, he still had to make the decision that he was going to take it. And so I, I won't bring him back. And the reality is, is that like he did, he died on the same day as Kara's dad the year before. And the reality is that we, we really feel like that Kara's dad was in the room when, when she was, I was away, you know, and Kara was here with my son. And uh, his friend and my younger daughter was in the other room. And, and so we just really, really feel like it was just Jake's time. And we had to make a conscious decision that, like, we're not going to allow ourselves to play the what if game because it doesn't do any it doesn't do any good. And that, that's easier said than done on some days. Well, so you guys are watching him go through this and he's pretty open with you and talking to you because, I mean, you knew about the vape pens. I'm sure there was some maniacal. There were some secrets that were going on. But then all of a sudden you find out about the Xanax and you find out about the pills and so you saw this progression and i'm sure you did everything as a parent you can to step in to get him the help he needed but ultimately i'm so glad that you said that you know because one thing that we lack is that ownership like my addiction i have to own that it's mine and so as parents that's also what we have to do is have some some ownership on what we did talk to me about the effects talk to me about how his friends and how you guys are handling that situation today 
as soon as people start finding out that he had passed, they were showing up at our house. And by that evening, our entire backyard was filled with kids. They had decided to do a skate for Jake in our bowl. And our, our backyard and bowl was so full, there was, wasn't even any standing room. And so just by allowing them to be a part of it, it helped us. But them being together and supporting each other was just what they needed. And so we learned, you know, just allow, allow these kids to be a part of it you know, through our own trial and struggling at the moment. Like it was okay just to allow them to be a part of it. And there was a lot of healing in that. And through that, there was going to be a lot of learning through this whole. What's your message to the, to his friends, to the youth? If you, if you have a platform right here, you can speak to them. I want to come back to the parents next, but I want to know what you would tell these kids. They're far greater than like we realize for me. These kids, I always thought, okay, yeah, they're the rising generation. You hear that, you know, in, in our religion and, and that they're the ones that are going to usher in the Savior and all this stuff. And, and I thought, yeah, okay. But for most of, the, most of the millennials I deal with, it's kind of a little bit of a running joke, you know. Hey, you know, <laughs> sometimes it feels like maybe they didn't go through the same things we did, but holy cow. They're amazing. They, the things that they did, I mean, like we had one gal page that put like the bracelets together and she put this fun together and ended up paying for part of like Jake's headstone. And they came out in droves. They came in and talked to us and shared their feelings. And I mean, the thing that I realized the most is these kids are great and they need, they need us. They need us to be there and listen to them. I mean, that is one of the biggest things I think is, is that they need people to just be by them, listen to them so that they can be heard. I felt like, I feel like that for the first time I was really hearing these youth. I feel the first time that I was giving them the time and Kara too, like just coming over to our house and letting them do whatever they wanted to do. You know, Hey, we want to go spend time up in Jake's room. Is that okay? Absolutely. You should go up there. I mean, Kara gave most of his stuff away to his friends because it meant more that they could have that to cherish than set in his closet and just be there as some kind of, we, we weren't, we decided we weren't going to keep his room as some kind of shrine. Hey, don't touch this or don't touch that. Kara like naturally just started like, Hey, if people want these and they're friends, this is going to mean something to them. And these kids just started doing great things. I mean, we got back from the funeral and somebody had one, uh, it was, um, Goodman, uh, one of the Goodman boys, um, Talon and his brother, um, oh, I wish I could remember his name it, on a plasma cutter. There's that silhouette on the back of Kara's shirt that's Jake on the skateboard. And they did one like almost life size of Jake and had it attached to our skate bowl. And it said skate for Jake, you know, and people have written songs and people have brought over skateboards and, you know, free the guy from freedom, Jason Cooley, he and Jordan, the manager there, they, they knew that Jake had made his first day of working was the day before he passed away. He was super excited about that job and he made like four longboards and somebody came in and bought them all and they tracked the lady down and she brought one back and they brought it by her house because they knew how much that would mean to us, you know. But as far as the kids go, I mean, the kids, these youth, they just, they need us, man. It just seems like we're all so busy these days and we, we've got to set time aside for these kids because they need us more than ever and they need our support. We can't, we can't think that we're going to go about doing our daily lives and doing the the daily grind and putting all this time in work and that everything's just going to turn out okay for the kids. They need us to be there, man. So like, if we're not, then they're going to find other outlets. Yeah, man, that's deep. I love that. So this is a lost art you're talking about, Jason, to listen and to give time. In our generation, I mean, we didn't do that. And so for you speaking out about this, especially with our cell phones 
and with our attention deficit, we don't have time. I mean, we're always looking down. And I, I love your message. Look up. Find somebody. Yeah, man. Find somebody to help. I really appreciate that. I know the kids are amazing, man. I know the kids, they love Jake. But now, I want you to get real, man. I want you to talk to the parents for a second, right? And I want you to share with them, what would you talk to the parents about? What would you tell them? Like, I think for fear of being honest and real, we're very tentative and we're very hesitant on how we speak to another adult. But I want you to be real. I want you to be unscripted. Tell me what would you would tell them. Well, I think it's important that these kids know that they are worth it. And like Jason said, part of being worth it is put your head up. You know, don't be in your phone and have, when they're trying to get your attention or just need your love so that they can have the eye contact and know that they're worth it, that you will listen to them and that you're there for them no matter what they're going through, whether you feel like you approve or not. But how do I handle that? Because how do I handle that if my kid's behavior is not that of what I agree with? I think that kids first and foremost need to know that they're loved. So if you're creating an environment where somebody once said like the amount of contention that it takes to thwart away love is just almost just watching something on TV that would be contentious and, and having the ability to shut it off. So if that is the case and the feeling of love goes out the window that easily, then how are we cultivating that type of a, a feeling or culture in our family? Are we allowing our perspective that we're trying to push on our kids to be more important than the love that they feel from us? And I think a lot of times we think that, that some of the greatest investments that we make in life are outside our house, you know, going to work and you know, clocking in and clocking out and doing the daily grind and trying to make money. And that, that is important. But at the end of the day, the greatest investment that we can put into our lives is our children. And and we all know where we stand with that. I mean, honestly, like, you know where you stand with that deep down. You don't need anybody to, like, ask you. You can look in the mirror and you know, okay, no, I, I've got some major improvements to make. Or, you know, I'm doing a pretty good job. But, like, our kids aren't going to get anywhere, man, if, in this life if they don't feel like. Prime example is this. So, you know, we all go through hard things. And sometimes we have these rules in our house, right? And so do we decide then if our kids break those rules that we're going to throw them out of the streets. I'm not passing judgment. My question would be is, is, is that what the father did with the prodigal son? He didn't. His son left. He stood there and waited. His son left. He gave him his inheritance. He didn't know where he was. I'm sure he was worried to death, but his son felt loved enough that he came back to him and he ran to him. So, I mean, our kids are still with us. Are we running to them? Are we, are we giving them that kind of love day in, day out? Is love the most important thing that's on our list in terms of how that we're making them feel? Because I promise you that if they start feeling that way, doors will open up. And it's baby steps, man. You can't expect that, hey, I'm doing this one day. And if I don't see re results, then, hey, I'm, I'm throwing that idea out the window. That's not how it works. You got to do it day in and day out, be consistent, you know, because if your kids feel loved, then they're going to come back to you. And it may not be in six days or six months or a year, but at some point they're going to come back. It's so true. I mean, I think, I think of like Christ, you know, it might, I always think about that when that lady was sitting there and everyone wanted to stone her and I'm sure he had a conversation with her. And he made her feel good about herself. And he just basically looked at her and just said, hey, woman, you know, go thy way and sin no more. And, and there's so much. It's like he didn't make her feel like crap. He didn't like he didn't say like, hey, what the heck are you thinking or what are you doing? Or I mean, so as parents, it's like 
know, we shouldn't be belittling our kids and making them feel. And that was a struggle for me. And if I could go back, I would change that because I did struggle with that, you know. But that, like Kara was saying, the, the lessons that we learned is all these kids. I mean, there was 150 kids at our house after, you know, we got back to the funeral. There was probably five or 600 kids. There's probably seven or 800 people at the funeral, most of which five or 600 of them were probably Jake's friends. You know, and so we can decide that when we're throwing a lemon in life, this is what my friend across the street told me when Jake passed away and it was super helpful with me. He's like, Jason, you can decide that you either you were throwing a lemon in this situation or you can take that lemon and you can make lemonade. So you can look at your same situation with your children and say, hey, man, kid's more of a lemon and just who he is. That's not true. You know, that's not true at all. That's not how he is. Love him and see what he becomes. So what I'm getting out of this, man, I'm listening. I'm trying to read through the lines. What I'm seeing is, as parents, we got to evolve. We got to do better. And I'm, I'm going to take that message out of this is because, you know, I know early on in, in my relationship with my children, I did the best I could because of what I was taught, right? It was a learned behavior. You know, exactly. I came in late. I would have the same punishment I got when I was a kid. Well, guess what? Those times have changed. We have to evolve. And the key is, parent, you better educate yourself. Because I'm sure before Jake went through all this, you did not know what fentanyl was. You didn't know what a Xanny bar was. I knew what Xanax was. Yeah. And how little it took Yeah. to stop your heart and within minutes be gone. Yeah. And so... Where do parents go to get educated on this kind of stuff? Because you were taking street level information. You know what I mean? I mean, you were living it. I mean, which was was amazing by the way you handled it. The situation, the outcome, horrendous. I mean, just a difficult situation. But I'm so thankful that you guys are willing to talk about it because you can either hide it or talk about it. Well, that's old school hiding it. And that's the thing, like you said, I really appreciate, Chase, what you said. Like, evolving is talking about it. If you think that you're going to sweep this under the rug because you're afraid that people are going to think less of you, the thing is, is when we do talk to each other and we share, we find that we have so much more in common than what we realize with so many people at every level, whether that be family, friends. I mean, in their circle, they have someone that this is touched, right? But yeah, I mean, we have to, we have to talk about it. Like, from day one, I'm like, even at the funeral, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to sweep this under the rug. I'm going to tell the kids exactly what we know, you know? And I talked, I said that we know that he went to a party. We knew that he took a pill. We believed it was laced with fentanyl. I want kids to know because with knowledge is power, man. And if you know, like that these things are hurting people, let's talk about it. Let's figure out what we can do to help each other. You know I mean? I, like you said, Chase, like, you know, my background was completely different. I was a creature of my own environment growing up in, you know, I, I just, I was the first child. That's a completely different set of circumstances. And like Jake, it's a middle child, you know? And so, and Kara has really been helpful that way. But like, we have to look at ourselves and just say, hey, this, however we're dealing with this situation probably isn't going to work if it's mimicking what our, our parents did, you know, back in, for me in the 80s or 70s, you know what I mean? So, you know, not to say they didn't try their best and they were doing good. I'm not judging that. I'm just saying it's a different ball of wax right now, man. Like with all the social media and stuff these kids are getting bombarded with, it's in your house. It's, it's in completely through social media. They're going to find it. So you better be open and better be talking about things and educate yourself in terms of what they're, what's out there. And how do you do that? You know, that's a great question. I mean, I think that it, with the kids that we've seen come into our house, because we're so open about it, they now share because they don't feel judged. So I've had kids tell my son or Jake or me that, hey, I am still vaping, but I want to stop. I don't want this life. 
had a, a girl that said she wanted to change. And why does she want to change? Because I think that she feels like she can come over and she can talk openly and that we're not going to, we're not going to make her feel like less than, or that she can't still come over and feel loved, you know? And she feels like, you know, I think she sees our relationship and they think, well, we, we want something similar, you know, obviously we've gone through a death and that's a hard thing, you know? I mean, you've had kids come over and tell you things. Why do you think they're telling you things? They they want to feel not judged and want to talk about it. And they do seem to always be one step ahead. And so sometimes when these kids are talking about stuff, I'm going, huh? I don't, I'm not even sure, you know, how to deal with this. But for some reason, just kind of listening and then you try and just give your best advice. But it's just being there for them. It tends to help the most. And you can guide them. Whether that be, you know, finding guiding them towards some help. There's there's a lot of good life coaches and counselors and, and stuff like that that has really benefited. Don't you wish you were armed with this information before? Like, our kids are so much smarter than we are. A buddy told me, if you're ready to talk to your kids about it, too late. Your kids already know. And there's never a good time to talk about sex. There's never a good time to talk about drugs. You know, there's never, there's those times, It's we need to become comfortable being uncomfortable as parents. I know you got a lot going on. So, so Jason and Kara, thank you so much for sharing. Is there anything you want to leave? Is there anything you want to share with us before we close out? Anything you want to say to any of us? Um, you know, one of the things that I like to say to people, and even a mom came over that has never met me before, and her son had some of the same struggles. He had gotten a, gone a little bit further with pills, and she was in tears. And she, you know, the advice that I could give him is, and the mom in tears said, do it for Jake and do it for his mom. And that seemed to really resonate with the kid. And he wanted to make changes. You know, sometimes if you feel like you're doing it for yourself, but if you have another reason to want to do better, it's helpful. Yeah, I I feel the same way. I feel, um, you know, if with Jake passing, I, I truly feel that it was Jake's time, and I think Kara does too. I don't tend to focus on those questions because I want our focus to be on the people that are surrounded by us now because he's in a better place. And so for one, Chase, I really like want to tell you how grateful we are that there's somebody out there that's pushing this agenda like you are. That is such a – that's awesome, man. I, I'm so grateful that like you would include us in this. It's an honor to like talk about this with you. So impressed uh, by your ability. I know, I think you, what you say? You're 11 years sober. So thank you for sharing that. I just, because to me, it always comes down to the one, like Kara said, you know, it's like, there's all these kids that come over to our house and still some that still come over and see us, but we see them as just the one, you know? And so I always thought to myself too, like Kara, if we can share this message like you, it'll change the life of one person, then it's well worth it. worth it. You guys have an amazing story. I, I invite you to keep sharing it. We will. You. Appreciate you, Chase. If you uh, have any questions about uh, addiction recovery, www.chasethevase.com. Is there a way that we can get a hold of you, Jason and Kara? If someone wants to reach out, they want to learn more about Jake, is there a website? Is there something they can check out? I'm on uh, social media, so I'm on Instagram. I do get people, well, I get people text me and DM me on, and I'm not an expert, but I am happy to talk to anyone in any way that they would find any help. My my Instagram is kjean, J-E-A-N 77. And I'll attach it to the podcast as well, if you guys don't mind. So thank you guys very much. Appreciate your time. You've been a blessing to us. Likewise. Appreciate you, buddy. 
You've been listening to Chase the Vase Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Anchor, or Apple Podcasts to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more information, please follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, or visit our website, chasethevase.com. Until next time, keep chasing the vase.